Welcome to Direct Line with Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Direct Line, religious topics without preaching. Mixing politics and religion and not shying away from controversy. You're not going to find all your answers, but you will always find an opinion. This is Direct Line. And now your hosts, Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Well, good morning. Welcome to Direct Line. It's Thursday, May 13. Greg Taylor, Stephanie Spangler. We've got a great show. Tyler Russell from our staff is going to be with us, and he's going to share some personal news. Uh, Missy Gowdy from our church, who's written a book about her father, The Magic of Ordinary, a memoir. Uh, We're going to learn why she wrote this and how you can get a copy of that. But I want to start today by talking about some things that have unfolded at Second Church in the last week that have really warmed my heart. We hosted a banquet Thursday night. You were, what, were, what was your job, by the way? You had the headphones on. I don't know. I was just excited to wear the, the headphones. I wasn't running it. I was just listening to them talking in my ear. You did a great job, though, you know, because, like, I wasn't where I was supposed to be, you know? <laughs> I came tracking you And you came you and down. grabbed me and said, let's go. You have five minutes. That's so, right. That's um, right. Anyway, you did a great job with Everybody it. Everybody did a great job. It was the celebration of life right. for the Women's Care Clinic. And I, Jonathan Evans mm-hmm. was the guest speaker. He was so good. He did a great job. I thought Bethany Hager did yeah. a great job with yeah. her presentation. Yeah. They had a sample of the ICU mobile van mm-hmm. that we're hoping to bring to this community. And it's not too late to give. You know, it's not too late to, to participate in supporting the Women's Care Clinic. Stephanie, what was the takeaway Thursday night as you just kind of soaked it all in? I mean, a ton of people here. I don't know what, I don't the, know what the count, count was. was. did you think a lot of people? It I was mean, a great turnout from a lot of different churches. Yeah. I loved seeing that, that there were lots of churches from the community represented. Obviously, yeah. uh, many churches support life right. and they support the Women's Care Clinic. I thought the Women's Care Clinic team did a fantastic job right. um, organizing, uh, you know, the hors d'oeuvres before. The program was amazing. Right. Everybody that spoke from their personal testimonies to Bethany, of course, to Jonathan Evans, um, past local pastors did a really good job. I think if you were not inspired to, to give and support, then um, you weren't listening because it was definitely inspiring and moving. And I thought it was just great to be able to kind of chronicle here is what this last crazy year could have been, but here's how it ended up playing out, you know, incredible generosity last mm-hmm. year yes. through the fundraising efforts. Mm-hmm. Babies' lives were saved. Right. You know, Bethany and her team made the decision, if Planned Parenthood is staying open, we're staying, we're staying open. Right. If they're essential, we're essential. And they know at least five babies' lives were saved in the first three to right. four weeks of the pandemic. I guess my question is, I, I, you know, Pastor Harris at the end gave yes. this challenge. Yeah. We want zero abortions in Vermilion County. Right. How many abortions are there? I don't know. Do we even know that I number? can't answer that question i don't know i would be curious to know yeah, and if they're know. if they're seeing a decline and if they're making headway because right. the the clinic just offers so many good oh they do um educational programs you know um the sonograms the the actual prenatal care um there's just so much there that they offer and well, so and i hope know, the number actually, is decreasing we're actually pre-recording on monday right. because you and some others are going to a conference right. what is it a technology kind of something along yeah. those lines but I literally, right before starting recording, received um, an update from Pew Research. They have released a brand new study on Americans' perspectives on abortion just since Joe Biden has become president. Mm -hmm. And they say the shift is toward life. And so, um, but again, I think that happens a lot depending on who is in power. And I think a lot of times if someone um, in power is trying to impose 
and extreme will on either side of the equation, mm-hmm. I think there's a pushback. pushback. And I think you have kind of an extreme position right mm-hmm. now right. by this administration. You know, they want abortion legal in all circumstances. You know, they want eight month, three and a half week abortions right. to be legal to happen. Right. Um, and, and so I just think that's good news that more and more people are mm-hmm. saying we're on the side of life mm-hmm. and we want to see life win. And yet we live in one of the most progressive abortion states in the union in Illinois. Well, you don't live there. I right, live there. Right. We minister in, right. in that. So well, um, I love that they have the goal that they yeah, want to see zero. Right. So if you want to still give, you can still give, Absolutely. I think. And if you want to view yep. um, the program that was here Thursday night, it's still available, isn't well, it? Well, you've got to go. Th- it is not just available to anybody. Okay. But if you're interested, reach out to me, okay. Greg at secondchurch.com. I can send you um, a password and I can send you the ability to watch it. And I would tell you the entire evening, it was about a 85-minute program. Program, the panel discussion, hearing from Jim Wood yes, yeah. and Pastor Dave Anderson and Linda Darby, is just really encouraging, like, really inspiring. Like I said, everybody that spoke did a really good yeah. job. Three so. testimonies yep. of clients mm-hmm. that have been incredibly yeah. blessed. So right. it was a great night. Yeah. Now Friday night, mm-hmm. you hosted mm-hmm. a much smaller yes. event, but very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Bella Madre, talk mm-hmm. about Bella Madre. Yeah, we had about I would say nine women um, that attended, and you know we had all um, circumstances really. Uh, represented there of moms who had lost children. So it was to, you know, honor moms and motherhood on Mother's Day weekend, which can be difficult. And so we had, you know, moms there representing infertility, miscarriage, abortion, suicide, and death by natural causes. And that's a, that's a big spread right. for nine women. Right. Right. And you think about those families that have been impacted. And some of them were, you know, losses that happened many years ago. And some were more recent. And so it was an intimate gathering. Rachel George from Mad Goat Coffee shared her story. And um, there was a lot of discussion afterwards. It was really sweet. It just yeah. was... It was a good evening, even though it's a club you do not want to belong to and you don't want to come to an event like that. Don't you think, though, that um, just in full disclosure, there's a lot more people that are probably a part of that club than we could even imagine? You know, absolutely. But I'm I'm sure it's intimidating. It is, yeah. Um, Yeah. And maybe just a hard thing to do. And so we understand that. So small. I mean, we're not looking for big numbers at an event like that. We're looking for people who just really want to to be ministered to. And um, so hopefully, you know the next uh, round of grief share once it starts up we'll get some more you know maybe moms and and even dads that might attend uh, the next grief share i thought it was the church being the church and i don't mean Mm -hmm. second church but i mean the church and um too many times we put on that happy face like everything's great when it's not and i was really touched by rachel george's Mm -hmm. interview from now two weeks ago and um i want to read her book you know i need to get a copy Mm -hmm. of it and it's available i think at the mad goat coffee shops here in town and just uh i I think when you have been down that road you are able to minister to people in ways i cannot and one thing i liked about is we had four you know people that spoke and they were all from different churches kenna osborne from our church my mom marcia wilkinson from first baptist in covington rachel george um from connection Connection. church well and I, I didn't really speak, but I mean, I, I love that different churches can work together, even right. for a small event. Right. But it was very, I think it was very meaningful. It was meaningful to me. I mean, I've never lost a child, but to witness the, the grief and the pain. And, you know, most of these women had other have other children. And so Friday night for them is kind of a night where they can remember the child they've lost. And then right. Sunday, you kind of make that turn and you can enjoy Sunday with, yeah. with your living children. So you know, I've been really moved by a book that I'm diving into and you're going to spend some right. time this week reading. We're going to actually visit with 
Clarissa Mall mm -hmm. for Direct Line next yeah. week. And her husband, Rob Mall, wrote a book at age 32, I right. think, yep. The Art of Dying. And then he died tragically mm -hmm. at the age of 41, mm -hmm. hiking. Um, and, and we're going to visit with her about some lessons that's learned. But mm -hmm. one of the things about this book that's really impacted me, is, and I think I've done a terrible job after reading this book, we don't talk about dying well. Right. You know, right. we almost avoid the topic. Right. And may, I might cry or I might get get emotional right. or, um, you know, she she talked about in, in a previous interview that I've listened how Rob just insisted we're mm -hmm. going to have some conversations. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. going to be hard conversations, but we're going to have them now. And just how thankful she yes. is. But I think that's something I'm starting to grab a hold of as a church leader, as, as churches. Mm -hmm. We need to help people understand mm -hmm what it means to die well. Mm -hmm. Great preacher from yesterday, James Stewart. What a great name, by the way. He said, let us live as if we're prepared to die mm -hmm. and let us die as if we're prepared to live. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's a great reminder that, you know, this world is not our home, but let's also make sure that the people that are going to be here when we're gone are mm -hmm. in the very mm -hmm. best position to carry on. I think death is fascinating, and I kind of, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't like death. I know what you mean. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of intrigued by it, and right. it doesn't bother me. Right. Um, so maybe if I age out of my position here, well, <laughs> maybe know, there'll be something open Steph, for, like, helping people, you know, plan and think. And I'll tell uh, you, a great ministry that's starting to develop in this part of our country is hospice yeah. ministry, yes. you know, yeah. and helping people. A lot of times we think hospice just as a nurse or just as someone that's coming in mm -hmm. and dealing with physical tasks. But uh, one of my good friends is a hospice chaplain, yes. and uh, he's really good at helping people from a spiritual perspective mm -hmm. face death and approach death. Mm -hmm. um, if we're Christ followers, if, if we believe that God's word is true, mm -hmm. we should not be afraid of death. Right. You know? I don't think, yeah, and I don't think it's the... It's the death part, maybe, but it's all the things leading up to it, the right. conversations, the decisions. Right. Um, those are kind of overwhelming. I don't know that people know how to start them. So right. I've heard people say that they, you know, families have said, I wish I would have gotten in hospice earlier right. with, with, with my loved one, just right. because they provide a lot of care. It's not just the actual very end of life. There's right. a lot of things, I think, leading up to that can that's be discussed right. and be a good thing. Well, that's next week. Yeah, but, I can't um, wait. We're going to go to break. When we come okay. back, Tyler Russell, mm -hmm. who's been our high school minister since mm -hmm. 2017 is going to be with us. He's been a guest on Direct Great. Line before, and we're excited to mm -hmm. have him share with us what's happening in his life and in the life of his family. It's Thursday, May 13. You're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. You know, it's easy to make promises. The hard thing is keeping them. Sunset promises to carry your load at a most difficult time. To the communities they serve, they promise to be there for your children, your churches, and your organizations. Sunset promises to help our veterans. They will support them with the same level of commitment these veterans had as soldiers defending our freedom. I'm Judy Fraser, and if you're looking for a family that keeps their promises, I would suggest you make just one phone call. Sunset Funeral Homes and Cremation Centers. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. 
Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyd's of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. Hans Tankwash is thankful for the impact of the Danville, Illinois chapter of Ambux, which strives to live the circle of life by helping and serving others in need. With your generous donations and volunteerism, you help Ambux achieve their mission to inspire others to conquer challenges related to mobility and independence. To learn more about how you can be involved in Ambux, visit their website at danvilleambux.com. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Direct Line. Greg Taylor, Stephanie Spangler. It's the second Thursday in May, May 13, and we're joined now by a return guest to Direct Line. Tyler Russell works with our high school students here at Second Church. And Tyler, yesterday, uh, we're recording on Monday, yesterday during services, Mother's Day services, we shared an update on what's happening with the Russell family. First of all, welcome back to Direct Line, but what's the update? Awesome. Hey, thanks for having me back. Uh, I always enjoy being here. Um, Actually, um, I have taken a position, uh, an IT position at a company in Robinson, Illinois, uh, yeah. as a private trucking firm. Yeah. And so I do, do some IT work for them. And uh, so we're going to be moving down there in July. Okay. And so just a uh, little, little bit of change on the horizon for the Russell family. Now you were in Robinson before you came to Danville, correct? Yes. So this yeah. is kind of like going home for you and yeah, your family. Yeah. yeah, we have a lot of close friends still there and mm. uh, and a good church family there. And so excited about that. And really, uh, for us, it was, it was more about... Uh, trying to find a job where I could just spend some more nights at home. Mm-hmm. And, and second, mm-hmm. second's awesome. It's done an awesome job of encouraging us to be with our family. And, and, and I'd never want people to think anything other than that about second. But the, the, the struggle in student ministry, especially with young kids, is mm-hmm. our students are out at the same time. And so right. if I'm spending time with high school kids, then I'm missing time with my kids. And if mm-hmm. I'm spending time with my kids... I'm missing t- op- uh, ministry opportunities. And so mm-hmm. j- just a pull both ways on that. Well, I tell you this as a dad of a 25-year-old and an almost 22-year-old, man, I'd go back tomorrow to those days of t-ball mm-hmm. and softball and uh you know, I tried to be it as much as I possibly could, but vocational ministry, man, it's tough. And student ministry mm-hmm. especially is, like you said, just really challenging. So I give you props, but I also want to bring you on and just say thank you for all that mm-hmm. you've done, uh, the time that you've been here. We're going to link a video that we actually shared during church on Sunday where you're kind of explaining and I'm sharing uh, as well. But as you think about your your time here at Second Church, what are some of your favorite moments, some of the highlights that you will take with you? Can you say it on air? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that, that's a good question. I, I'm, I'm thinking through some things that I, I probably should since you're said. moving, it's yeah, probably yeah, okay. Yeah, just go ahead yeah, and say yeah, it. No. Yeah. But no, a, c- a couple of things. I, I would say just every time we got to interact with students, man. And, and yeah. I, I, it's always funny when kids come to our office. And, and if you haven't been to our office, there's couches and mm-hmm. TVs and video games and just a great place <laughs> to hang out with kids. And, and uh, just I love those moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love moments when kids buy, come by and play video games. 
Um, right. I just love doing life with students. Uh, those are some of my favorite moments. I remember one time a young man said, man, I just really need someone to hang out. I said, well, I'm grocery shopping, so if you want to go grocery shopping with <laughs> right. me, we and can come he? grocery. Yeah, he did. I actually had a young man one time uh, come over to our house, and he said, ah, I just need to you know, hang out and just, just struggle with some stuff and talk. And so he came and said, well, I'm cleaning my house. So if you want to help me clean my house, come on over. And he did. And, and just, just doing life with students. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Um, I remember our staff retreats, uh, just funny yeah. things that happen on our staff <laughs> retreats. Just, I mean, there's too many short stories to sh- share, but... I always remember Drew typing and how loud he was at typing, and that oh. always made me laugh so hard. Did he have to replace keys on the I, keyboard, do you know, or I not? I think so, or he had to file his nails or something. I mean, <laughs> he, 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 he was made, incredibly loud. He made a manual typewriter sound yeah. quiet, you yeah, know, like that, that was, yeah. and, and I remember that, and just, just laughing and enjoying those times together. I remember uh, uh, fishing, I'm not a fisherman, and uh, fishing with Drew and Adam, right. and I didn't know how to take the fish off the line, and they were making fun of me and, and giving me a hard time, and then Ad, Adam's young daughter's named Ruby, and and he he told, definitely told me that uh, it was a lot easier to fish with Ruby than it was with me. So that was that was a good time. But just just, just those moments, you know. And and um, and also, I think there's moments where there, there's real honesty shared with with me by leadership, and that's not always fun. But man. Man, you look back and you realize how much people love you and, and how much people care for you and and uh, and just I just appreciate all of those things about second and all all, all of those things and mm-hmm. and yeah. I guess the last thing would just be times that we've spent with our sponsors and yeah. um, mm-hmm. and and just I me mean, got a great team yeah I have an mm-hmm. awesome team and mm-hmm. and we laugh and and when even when I told them. And this is probably my personality too. But even when I told them, you know, there's a few tears, and then we spent the next like 15 minutes making fun of things I had done, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And just it's just a fun group, and mm-hmm. just an awesome, mm-hmm. just awesome people to hang out with. And so I, I think I'll miss that. And and I, I think another thing I'll, I'll miss and that I love is is I mean I get to work with Jake Weiss every day, and we share an office and just our daily conversations. And mm-hmm. yeah. and you know it's it's like you have like a brother in the office, you know. And so mm-hmm. just doing that, I definitely miss that and, and and love those things. But yeah, probably probably too much stuff to share about and too many great memories. But yeah, that's that's a few. How many years there. have you? been here or just over four, four years yeah. and then yeah. how how many years have you done student ministry in total uh 12 so oh, yeah, okay. yeah yeah since yeah. start started at 24 years old okay. and then before that i worked four years at a camp so it's, it's essentially okay. sure. student ministry yeah. so yeah. it's a total about 16 years doing this and, and you know yeah. very few people in youth ministry are able to do it for that many mm-hmm. years you know typically mm-hmm. it's well, yeah, a you, shorter time and you think you know? the average turnaround of student ministry is just over a year you know right. it's 13 mm-hmm. months right now and so right. it's yeah but it, yeah no enjoyed every moment well, of what it, does so. that say about you that you lasted for four years here and 16 in total perseverance baby <laughs> or that I'm not smart enough to get out. Either way, I don't know what that means. No, I, yeah. I, I just I, I just love students, and and I I mean I had some struggles growing up, and so and there are people that definitely stepped in my life and helped mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. during those times. And it's such a hard time because you're trying to figure out who you are, mm-hmm. and and for some of our students who come from broken homes or, mm-hmm. or rough family lives, you know, I, I can't. I hear some of their stories, and I can't imagine mm-hmm. how they made it this far. You're right. like. How right. you know, like mm-hmm. you know, hearing story, you're like, how in the world are you right. doing as well as you're doing right, right, right. now? And so, and, and just being able to be a part of that, and and just a part of the families and all of that, just mm-hmm. man. And I'm so thankful for parents because man, it, it's a huge trust and a huge ask mm-hmm. to hey, I'm gonna take your kid on a trip or mm-hmm. or I, I'm I'm teaching your student or you know mm-hmm. I'm I'm really mentoring them. That's that's a huge ask. And just thanks for right. all the parents who trusted me in that mm-hmm. and just appreciate that as well. Mm-hmm. So you know something you have done throughout uh, multiple ministries is you've been able to leverage sports and coaching as a student minister. Um, talk a little bit about that because you know you don't see that as much as maybe you did 20 years ago but that's something that has been a tool that you've used in order to be a youth pastor that can talk about Jesus. Yeah oh absolutely and I, I think uh, young men especially struggle in the church and I'm not really 100% sure why that uh-huh. is but I, I think even young men 
retaining them in student ministry has mm-hmm. been harder. Yeah. But, you know, when you become involved in, in a sport, you're, you're around a young man two hours every day. Right. And, and right. it's no longer just, hey, I'm teaching you on Sunday mm-hmm. or, or we're having a little conversation mm-hmm. here and there. It's like you're living life together. Mm-hmm. And, right. and they start talking to you about all kinds of stuff and struggles. And, and another thing that's been really cool is, is everywhere I've been, I, I've been an assistant coach. And I, I, I was a head coach one time. I never right. want to do that again. <laughs> I, I, love, I love pouring into kids. Right. And, uh, and I, well, I think one of the biggest compliments uh, out of any coach that I've ever had, he said, hey, you may not know the most about the sport, but you know how to get the most out of these boys. Mm. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I can always trust that, that you have the best interest of these young men. And, and, and young men understand that when, when you have that conversation. I'm, I'm sure young women do too. Right. I've never coached girls sports before, right. mm-hmm. um, but but I know young men um, definitely have that, and, and I think there, there's a way that you not only impact the young men, but you also impact families because right. because mm-hmm. people are wondering why is this coach so interested not in my kid if my kids can score a basket, mm-hmm. but if he's going to be okay in life, mm-hmm. and so. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's a great teaching tool to teach young sports. It's a great teaching tool to teach young men about how to be good people, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so. So you've been coaching in Covington yes, recently. Yes. That's where your community is yeah. that you live. Middle school? Is Middle that what school you've been baseball. Middle school and, baseball. And man, it's been a ball, man. Yeah. I've had so much fun and, and we're winning <laughs> a lot of games. So that's always fun too. But man, just be able again, be able to talk to those young men, um, be able to talk to them about, you know, we, we made a new policy that if you didn't get your homework done, like mm-hmm. if you had absence, then you could bring your, uh, we put a desk in the, the uh, dugout. And so you could bring your, <laughs> I love it. You could bring your homework and you couldn't practice until you got your My homework done. My wife's smiling right now. Yeah. She doesn't it's know tough. that's happening, but she's but, loving that. No, but I mean, again, I mean, if you can't handle life, then yeah. you shouldn't be playing a sport. Right. And, and right. not only that, but I always tell our young men, hey, the discipline that requires in the classroom is the same discipline that we need to win. So mm-hmm. if you're undisciplined in your schoolwork or you're mm-hmm. undisciplined in your life, that di- lack of discipline is mm-hmm. going to show up mm-hmm. on the court, oh, yeah. wherever mm-hmm. you are. And so, yeah. and again, you want these kids to be coachable and you want to teach them because coachable kids become employable adults right. and uncoachable right. kids become unemployable adults. Right. And so, man, again, it's a great way to teach young men about how mm-hmm. to do that right. And, and I would say Shannon Jolly was the co- first coach I worked for, and he was a big believer in that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he was like the first coach I'd ever seen that said that, mm-hmm. but also backed that up with his actions. Because mm-hmm. a lot That's of coaches right. will, be, will say that, but then mm-hmm. like when it comes to, hey, this kid has an effort, right. we can fudge this and win. Right. A lot of right. guys will fudge that. Right. But what's interesting to me about him is, is he instilled that discipline, and every really successful coach I've seen instills that discipline. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. man, just, just yeah, mm-hmm. That's yeah great. I love that. Hey, I want to share something with you, and then I want to ask you one final uh-huh. question. First of all, thank you so much for being so open and honest and transparent mm-hmm. just about mental health mm-hmm. and where you have been and where you are. And, uh, you know, I you've given your cell phone number out before. Just And I know people have taken you up on that. And so I want to just say thank you. Mm-hmm. We Absolutely. had Jim Russell on a couple weeks ago, right. executive director of Mental County, of Vermilion County mm-hmm. Mental Health. And he said, you know, there still is that stigma that's right. out there in a lot of ways and so i want to just say thank you and in however role god uses you in the mm-hmm. future i just encourage you to lean into that and to use it you've got a great message and it's changing lives mm-hmm. and saving lives so thank you very much that's no problem yeah absolutely i wouldn't do it any other way last so. question how can the direct line audience uh that are people of prayer pray for you and Brittany and the family in the next several weeks. Yeah, j- just, I mean, I think any transition's hard uh, for our kids. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we told them Saturday. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, How'd Bentley that was, go? Bentley was excited. Uh, yeah. He remembers Robbins, and he, and yeah. he said, okay. I'm excited but sad. And I, and I said, that, that's, I am too. That, that's mm-hmm. where we're at too. We're, we're right. excited for the new opportunity, but obviously sad um, right. for what we're leaving. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blair uh, was a little upset. She was Aww. she cried because she wasn't going to take her toys. And said, well, we'll get yeah. to take the toys. And she yeah. goes, 
but Daddy, I like the walls of our house too. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, okay, you know. Friends, but but she's young enough that yeah, I sure. think that that transition. But just for a house to sell, which I'm not I'm not super afraid of that in Covington. You live in right. a moment. great community yes. to sell. Yeah. A house. I think it'll sell. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So yes. We're, we're good there. But just uh, Brittany's looking for a job right now, and yeah. so she's got some interviews type stuff okay. coming up. So pray for that, mm-hmm. and uh, just pray that uh, we, we I can continue to be a light in the world. And yeah. uh, speaking of basketball, yeah. I'm going to get an opportunity to coach high school basketball again. Oh, so, awesome. so I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped with about Robinson. That. Yeah, well, yeah, awesome. there. Yeah, so we're getting that that finalized and so pretty Very pumped cool. about that but just, just that i can continue to be a light to people mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. i i want to no matter where i'm at whether it's the church or not the church mm-hmm. i just want to tell people about jesus and i want to yeah. make sure people know about jesus mm-hmm. and they're loved by jesus and and also just to be continue to be able to be a light and put people in my path that i can talk about mental health because yeah. man I, I had people help me through that and 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 if we're going to end the stigma yep. then we're going to have to publicly talk about healthy situations mm-hmm. that mental health has been resolved mm-hmm. so well yeah. said mm-hmm. well said tyler russell student minister at second church for you know another month and a half thank you so much for all you've done and blessings to you on your next venture hey thanks for having me on and uh and god bless all right you're listening to direct line we'll be right back after this you want to be confident that your investments are working for you wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen dean crandall works right here in danville at morgan stanley's local office as your financial advisor dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments and he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too to make an appointment with dean crandall call 217-477-0025 morgan stanley smith LLC, member SIPC. Hi, I'm Linda Darby, and I'm part of the third generation of Darbys to own Sunset Funeral Home in Memorial Park. Since the 1960s, our family has been proud to serve Vermilion County by providing unmatched dedication and personalized service to families. And I'm Ross Darby. I'm part of the fourth generation in our family business. I want to introduce you to Hall of Fame plaques and signs. We promise to provide you with the same level of service at our sign shop that you've grown accustomed to at our funeral homes and cemetery. With a name like Hall of Fame, it's gonna be great! This is Deanna Witzel from your Witzel Family McDonald's. Along with New Hoff Media, we are proud to support Serve Together Vermilion County on Saturday, June 12th. Here's Terry Goodwin to tell us more. Serve Together Vermilion County is an organization focused on uniting and mobilizing the church in Vermilion County. We see a need for people to take action within our community, not for individual benefit, but for the improvement of our community and the support of our people. Serve Together is organized each year to do projects all throughout our county for nonprofits, schools, communities, and even individuals. If you would be interested in serving with us on June 12th, please contact us at servetogether at yahoo.com or call Molly Goodwin at 217-304-3074 for more information. Call Molly Goodwin at 217-304-3074 or email servetogether at yahoo.com for more information. Serve Together Vermilion County, Saturday, June 12th, from Newhoff Media and McDonald's, a part of every community. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. This is Stephanie with Greg on Thursday, May 13th. And it's been kind of a chilly, kind yes. of not so Mayish kind of week. I had to bring the winter coat out. I know. Crazy. I know. Mother's Day on Sunday was not very pretty. Wasn't much fun. Uh, it was not much fun. But anyway, we're glad to have in studio with us this morning, M- Melissa Gowdy. Now, I always call you Missy, but your your name is Melissa Gowdy. And what do you prefer? Yeah. Well, my friends call me Missy. Okay. <laughs> Melissa's my professional business okay. name. Okay. Well, okay. let's speak about your profession and your business. Um, we're going to get to your book that you wrote here in a little bit. But what... 
I understand you were a, an, an educator. Is that right? I have been an educator for most of my life. Right. Um, always been a writer, even okay. from the time I was a kid. And then I went and got an English degree in college. Okay. And I taught at the community college level in Kentucky for a long time, 11 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. Then I taught at the community college level here at Danville Community Co uh -huh. College for another 11 years. Okay. I taught English and research and American literature and speech. Wow. And then after that, my husband and I decided we wanted to do something different, something creative. Mm -hmm. And we got a little crazy and we bought an old abandoned nursing home here in Danville and turned it into Threads of Time, Creative Sewing and, and Quilting Retreat. Awesome. I didn't know it was a former nursing home. It, yes, it was a, kind of an abandoned nursing home. Actually, at one point, it had been a non-denominational um, church-related where they were providing homes for girls who had been kicked out of their home, Okay. okay. Uh, usually with pregnancies. Hmm. Uh, and that had gone defunct, mm -hmm. and we bought it, we remodeled it, we opened it up. It, so it was a... Um, 10,000 square foot wow. facility and the first 4,000 feet were retail and the back part of it became an educational overnight stay for quilters and, and we brought mm -hmm. in quilt gurus mm -hmm. and teachers and did workshops mm -hmm. and became a wonderful place for community. Lots mm -hmm. of women could come and sew. We did that for 11 years. You still have that? No, we sold that sold in that. 2017 to okay. a couple here who's still running Threads of Time. Okay. Where's and that located? It's on Buchanan Street, 207 okay. South Buchanan. Okay. Okay. And it's a beautiful facility. Hmm. And they came from um, the East Coast to okay. buy the business and doing a great job with it. Neat. And now we're retired and we both do what we love, which means Bill is fishing and landscaping and helping ladies keep honeydew chores done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm a writer and have a full-time job as a, a ma marketing manager for an HVAC company. Wow. So you've done a lot. You're busy right now mm -hmm. even, but you have taken time to write a memoir. Now, I am not quite all the way through it, but I'm about, I'm about halfway. And I have to say, it is kind of magical. The name of it is The Magic of Ordinary, a memoir by Melissa Gowdy. And it's really about your family, mm -hmm. particularly your father. Yes. Tell me why you wrote the book. You know, my father, and I know that a lot of people think all girls feel that way for their father, but in this case, my father, everybody loved him. He mm. was just a joyful guy. Mm -hmm. He had that, that spring of life in him and, mm. and practiced his faith. Never really talked about it a lot, but he would do numerous kind, generous acts mm. for people. He would take shut-ins flowers and bake people cakes and just did nice things for all kinds of people who didn't expect it. Mm. And the way he lived, I, one of the reasons I wanted to write it is so people could apply it to their life and say, okay, what simple act of kindness mm. can I do mm -hmm. that might change somebody else? Mm. And in a world where there are so many bad things mm -hmm. and so much talk of of alcoholism and uh -huh. horrible things in mm -hmm. families, mm -hmm. there are still so many families like ours who mm -hmm. are, yes, we all had problems, but they're normal mm -hmm. families right. 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 who love each other mm -hmm. and provide good, solid foundation. And those things aren't written about. Yeah. And mm -hmm. How many siblings did you have? Or do you have? I have two sisters. Okay, I'm the middle I, daughter. There's okay, the Melanie's middle. the older, um, mm -hmm. Melissa, and then Michelle's the younger sister. Yeah, so you talk a lot about your siblings and uh, riding bikes around the neighborhood. And just the neighborhood that you grew up in sounds almost like, I don't know, like 
leave it to beaver or something, you know, back in those days that you would think that would be what it was like running around with kids in the neighborhood and out till dinner time and um, talk about your childhood a little I bit. I think one of the, it's funny because when I wrote that chapter, that chapter is called The Bum's Corner. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. it's called that because we lived on the corner and it was a brand new subdivision. Our house was one of the first on in the, the news section. Mm-hmm. And it was on the corner of Driftwood and Idlewood. And my dad loved puns and was always making jokes. And so he said, when we first moved, he took us out in the front yard and said, now, miss, we're standing here on the corner or at the bum's corner. Of course, I was six. You know, it didn't quite make sense. Um, But when I wrote that chapter, I worried. I thought, is this just going to be boring stuff about me? surprisingly, that is what has touched so many people who have Mm -hmm. read it. It says, oh, it reminds me of my time growing up. It was just like how I did. And we Mm -hmm. rode bikes and we played square ball and we Mm -hmm. used to be able to play out until our mothers whistled or called for us. And so, you know, yes, I was sheltered and yes, I had a blessed life, but I wasn't the only one. Mm -hmm. And it depicts a time of innocence that that is so different from right. what kids may have to deal with today. Yeah. Right. So when you when you hope that someone picks up this book, and um, we're going to have you tell us where you can get the book here in a minute, but when you when someone picks it up, maybe now they have young kids of their own. What are you hoping that they get out of this book? Oh, I hope they. It's it's a book about fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think it would be a great book for a young man or a young family to mm-hmm. see how to parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think anybody can see how to do small kind acts of goodness mm-hmm. and change the world by that. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope they see that a life of faith doesn't have to be big and splashy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be Mother Teresa or right. someone who gets awards. Right. You just have to be a good person. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so many people like that, mm-hmm. and I want this to be an average family's story and to tell the story of all the people who aren't written up as celebrities or right. Right. wealthy people right. or anything like that. This is a book for people um, I call the silent majority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are your parents still living? No, I'm, I've lost both my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of the reasons I started writing this book is that My dad had died, and I kept thinking, oh, I don't want his stories to be Mm -hmm. lost. Mm -hmm. I -hmm. want people to see him. Mm -hmm. Um, When you get to the end of the book, it was saying, people told us over and over, this is the best funeral I have ever been to because it was truly a celebration. Mm -hmm. He was an old man. He had been ready to go. Um, But numerous people told me that the best chapter in there is called The Lord's Timetable. And one of the reasons that people might appreciate the book is because it's not my experiences only. These are universal human experiences, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. siblings, parents, Mm -hmm. family, um, illness, grandmothers. Mm -hmm. It's it's just lots of people have these same experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to write this book from start to finish? When we retired, (laughs) and believe me, I did not intend to write a book. Yeah. You guys may not know this, but I was a columnist for the commercial news for 11 years. I did not know that. Um, Years, I mean, this not in recent times, but from 1990-something to 2003 or Uh 4, I was a columnist. Mm. And so my specialty is short human interest pieces. Mm. 
and you know 600 words 800 words mm -hmm. when i started thinking about writing my dad's story i never intended to write a book yeah. and in my journals and my writing notebooks it would say things like hmm, maybe i ought to write the story mm -hmm. about the time daddy did this mm -hmm. yeah. well pretty soon i started writing one and then i started making a list mm -hmm. and pretty soon all these stories started coming out mm -hmm. yeah. from the time we retired yeah, I wrote the manuscript almost every day, and I did it in nine months. Wow. It was like giving birth to a baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had some great writing partners who helped and would give me feedback and keep me going. And I think it's kind of fascinating because even uh, we're pre-recording this on Monday, and I think it was yesterday in my office, we were kind of just shooting the breeze during, between services, and somebody said something about, you know, their childhood. And I think if you don't rehearse the stories, you lose the stories, you forget details. And what a great way to honor your father and your mother as well, um, your entire family, by putting these memories down on paper so they can be preserved and passed on to your children right. and grandchildren because you know we just don't take the time to do that and nine months is it's a long time to do a project i mean probably it's a short time in the grand scheme of things but some people say oh i couldn't give up nine months to work on a project but now it's you know here it's um anybody can get it tell us how we can get your book or if somebody's okay. listening and they'd like um, to get it it's available in paperback from barnes and noble and amazon when you order online okay. uh, the local store in champagne has ordered copies in okay. paperback form and you can get it digitally anywhere books are sold Kobo, Apple, Google. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I would think with Father's Day coming up, you know, in, in a month or so, um, it might be an interesting gift maybe to buy a young dad. Um, not that he would try to emulate and do all of those things, but there are some really um, wonderful chapters in there, you know, where you've honored your dad and talked about how he parented you and your your sisters and it might be a good gift for a, for a dad so i hope so i, I think so yeah, i would think so let me ask just a general question do kids write enough today hmm. i had a middle school teacher she made us write every day and i gotta tell you as a sixth grader i don't know if i can say hey <laughs> i hated, hated that him. but it was really good for me um. you know and i'm not a very good writer but i think that rhythm and that development of every day doing it I don't know that kids are writing as much. I, you know, I can't speak to that on a personal level because I've not been in the elementary and, yeah. and high schools. Mm -hmm. I was always at the college level. Yeah. I do know that that's such an important skill. Right. And I think even more than writing, we need to create readers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, we get so used to doing, even if they're reading, it may be blogs and it may be short things and it mm -hmm. may be linear little jumping from box to box, mm -hmm. but not in-depth, beautiful, right. lyrical, right. thinking, reading. And mm -hmm. uh, that goes for adults and kids is yeah. we need to do more reading as mm -hmm. well. Well, this would be a great book for a family to read, a chapter a night, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, and maybe create some of those mm -hmm. memories and that skill of, of reading together as a family. They're short chapters. They'd be easy to get through. And I'm, I also think church book groups mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. would yeah. be would be might benefit from that. Has our book group here at church done this one yet? Do you know? No, it just came out in January. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe they will. Pass it on to them, right? <laughs> That's right. There That's right. Go. Well, Missy Gowdy, the mm -hmm. book is The Magic of the Ordinary. Thank you for writing mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. thank you for all that you do. And thanks mm -hmm. for spending some time with us this week on Direct Line. Thank you so much. I'm delighted. <laughs> all right. We're going to break. We'll be right back after this. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. 
As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty LLC. Member SIPC. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. Hans Tankwash is thankful for the impact of the Danville, Illinois chapter of Ambux, which strives to live the circle of life by helping and serving others in need. With your generous donations and volunteerism, you help Ambux achieve their mission to inspire others to conquer challenges related to mobility and independence. To learn more about how you can be involved in Ambux, visit their website at danvilleambux.com. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It's Thursday, May 13th. Great interview with Missy Gowdy. She is a sweet lady. Now, yes. I know her stepson. I went to I went to high school with her stepson. Okay. We were uh, friends. Yeah. And yeah. so I have that connection with her. But yeah. a nice couple. And I had forgotten that they had built had bought that business, The Threads yeah. of Time. Um, so she's done a lot of a lot of neat things in her life. Well, I got to tell you, she told us it took her nine months to write the mm-hmm. book. Right. And, you know, that's not a short amount of time, but we did have a direct line guest back in January uh-huh. that told us it took him 10 years right. to write a book. Well, so, I'm sure it's yeah. different for every person and the whole process yep. is different. But yep. So several things I want to get to. Uh, we talked a lot about the Women's Care Clinic and the mm-hmm. great work that they do. Right. Tragic news out of Peoria. Uh, the Pro-Life Pregnancy Center in mm-hmm. Peoria was the victim of arson mm-hmm. and estimated $250,000 damage to the Peoria Women's Care wow. Center took place last week. Mm-hmm. And it's just a reminder mm-hmm. that there are people in the world that are evil, you know. And uh, right. they've, they've said in here that um, our government has designated, there's radical groups, unfortunately, on mm. both sides of this issue that are trying right. to do um, illegal, immoral um evil acts, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. And so just prayers go out to this group. And it's just a reminder that we think that so many times we can fix things politically mm-hmm. or we can fix things legislatively. I'm reminded there is a spiritual battle. Now, I know I'm going preacher land right now with that. But, Amen. <laughs> um, just 
heartbreaking to read that, that that's it's playing just, out. It's just sad to think that anybody would take someone else's property right. on either side and think you have the right to go light a fire to it. I mean, that, right. I just don't understand. Here's that. what I'm going to tell you. At the end of the day, and one of the things that I'm hoping will happen in our community is that we can build bridges um, through the Women's Care Clinic, mm-hmm. even if there's people that are saying, I may not be 100% with you mm-hmm. on the life issue. Can we find common connecting points you know mm-hmm. that's what i'm hoping the mobile icu is going to be able right. to do right. to say you know we may not be able to agree on everything 100 percent, but can we help you if you live in you know the rural south right. part of the county right. or the rural north part of the county with just you know women's care prenatal you know? care i mean right. yeah right. absolutely right. absolutely so last week was the national day of prayer Right. And as first happens, Thursday in first May, Thursday correct? in okay. May. Yeah. And, and by the way, there was a great event Wednesday night. I was out of town and I couldn't be there. But at Lincoln Park, I believe there was a great event that took place. Okay. And so kudos to all mm-hmm. the pastors that that Absolutely. made that happen. But our president, President Joe Biden, issued a National Day of Prayer proclamation. Every president in my lifetime has done that, I believe. Mm-hmm. But he forgot to mention somebody in his proclamation. He who, forgot who to that? mention God. Did he? So he is the first president, I believe, that did not include God Mm -hmm. in his proclamation about the National Day of Prayer. Now, I share this with you, not to take a shot at President Biden. Many people say that he's very devout in his attendance Mm -hmm. at Catholic Mass Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. But on another radio station not far from here, uh, Mm -hmm. one of the very popular morning hosts just can't understand why Christians are not um, in large numbers embracing. President Biden because he goes to mass every week and mm-hmm. he's basically saying look this guy's going to mass every week and he'll rattle off presidents that never went to church mm-hmm. that maybe maybe some Christians did embrace and they're saying he's going to church isn't that enough I would hold this up as a reason why many are frustrated saying if I'm going to have a proclamation about the national day of prayer do we do we need to mention God maybe well it would be nice it's pretty ambiguous that yeah. he doesn't yeah um, and so again, just I don't know. I don't want to jump on the no, bandwagon and really. I know. I and, mean, I and I'm trying to not be partisan. You know, yeah. I shared a frustration with our former president during the sermon a week ago, mm-hmm. and the way that he uses social media that right. I think is wrong. Right. Um, again, I think in a case like this, if anybody from the Biden administration is listening, I would encourage you that the next time you have the opportunity to talk about the National Day of Prayer, mm-hmm. you know, mention God. Mm-hmm. Did he pray? Well, he did not. He, oh, but, he, but again, he, I don't okay, know so that you've had presidents that have prayed. Okay. But I think most of the time, the proclamation is proclamation, very much, okay. let's pray to our creator. Right. You know, you go back to the founding of our country, and mm-hmm. that's very much what you read from many of our founding fathers. Now, they were imperfect people. Right. Many of them right. lived lives right. that I can't embrace right. some of the behaviors they were a part of. Right. But if we're going to have a national day of prayer... I want to acknowledge God personally. Now, I may be wrong. If I'm wrong, reach out to me. Let me know that I've got it backwards. But I think that's a pretty important reality. Let's take it down to like when I used to go to Wednesday night prayer meeting. Yeah. So when you use (laughs) prayer to make your point rather than praying. And, you know, I mean, I could do that when I, my, my, you know, Aunt Aunt Nancy has cancer. And, of course, you should pray. But it seemed like Wednesday night prayer meeting was a lot more of, um, talking about other people and things and a point that you want to get across maybe. Right, right. And so maybe this is kind of the same as maybe, Wednesday I night. Prayer. I don't know. He used the opportunity to maybe try to appease some of us, but he didn't actually 
pray or talk yeah. about God. I'm not sure, but this is kind of the optimistic I Stephanie. I like the optimistic. Well, I don't want to. He yeah. at least he at least acknowledged that there was a right. National Day of Prayer, right. and right. so for that, right. I think we should be grateful. But okay. I do think if you're going to talk about it, you might as well do it. And okay. All right. I don't know. Okay. Hey, Sunday at Second Church, we <laughs> continued our journey through the I am statements. Yeah. And we looked at Jesus's least famous of the seven, I am the gate. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got into the weeds talking about false gospels. Okay. Had you ever heard of yep. moralistic therapeutic deism? Not. I okay. Had not. And so um, after you woke up, because I put you to sleep. Okay. What'd you think of the happiness gospel as I described it? Um, do you see it? I think you do, especially especially with the younger generation. Like that's you're what I about. said. Yeah, yeah. I can I can do what I want right. as long as I'm happy. God wants me to be happy, yeah. and so yeah. whatever I choose, as long yeah. as I'm happy, right. God's going to be giving me you know the heavenly fist and bump. Whatever or the, you right. choose, right, uh, right. It's okay if right. you're happy. Right, go for it. Right. I wrestled with that. Um, This all goes back, believe it or not, to 2005. A sociology professor at UNC Chapel Hill, Dr. Christian Smith, um, was given a a grant by the Lilly Foundation, the Lilly Endowment, to study, um, at that time, teenagers and college Mm -hmm. students Mm -hmm. and their belief system. And that's really where this has come from. And um, moralistic, therapeutic deism would say God really just wants people to be good, nice, and fair to each other. Mm -hmm. The goal in life is to be happy. God doesn't really need to be involved necessarily unless Mm -hmm. he's a problem solver. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, good people go to heaven. And I just thought to myself, that is so not the Jesus that we read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus said he was the gate, which is basically saying you have to come through me. Basically saying you got to make a choice. I mean, that was really... Yeah, I loved all the things you said about the gate is a decision. The gate is... I can't remember them all. Well, there's separation. (laughs) Separation. And the gate brings salvation. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So anyway, I I just... To me, I've really enjoyed this series. Mm -hmm. We have probably read more scripture during the sermon time than any sermon series I've ever been a part of, you know? And uh, this week, uh, we've got a great guest speaker, our friend David Upchurch. Right. from Lincoln. Now, you've heard David, right? Yes, he's yeah, been here before. I've worked with him. And he yeah. just, uh, he's one of my favorite preachers. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually be out of town, but um, it's been a good time. Where are you going? Can you say? I, yeah, I'm going to the Missouri Valley Conference Outdoor Track and Field okay, Championship. Okay, for, for Peyton, yep, for your Peyton, son. Yeah. Okay. He will be throwing the discus, awesome. and so we're actually going to be there all weekend long Very and good. get to catch they, up they with him. They let you go and watch now? Well, they don't, no? actually. Okay. So we're going to be standing, um, uh. not actually on the official um, campus property, so but we binoculars. will have the binoculars out watching. Yeah, <laughs> let me just tell you the COVID craziness. I don't understand H- how when it's you're not outside. safe to be outside at a track meet. But I digress. Yeah, I want to stay on positive. Okay. Okay. So, hey, last thing, <laughs> I had the opportunity last month to attend mm-hmm. a spiritual formation retreat right. with Dr. Jody Owens, mm-hmm. and I've only got about thirty seconds to do justice to this. But it was a great time in the Smoky Mountains to really consider the incarnation. God with us. And here's the message for you, Stephanie, and for anybody that's listening. If you're a Christ follower, you need times of retreat. Mm. You need times of silence and solitude. You need times to get away. My cell phone did not work. Mm. It was one of the greatest blessings Mm -hmm. for those three days to be in the mountain and to be able to retreat. So take time for yourself. Very good. In your walk with the Lord. All right. That's it for this week. We hope you'll join us next week as we interview Carissa Mall Mm -hmm. and we hear the story of her late husband, Rob Mall, who wrote the book, The Art of Dying. On behalf of Stephanie Spangler, this is Greg Taylor saying so long. Thanks for listening to Direct Line. We'll see you next week.